Zealand. Good evening. Back home, of course. Morning here in France, 8am, just beyond that, three minutes past the hour of six in New Zealand. My name is Daniel McCarty. Utterly thrilled to be back with you for another edition of Rugby World Cup today. Coming to you live from the quite scintillating city of Toulouse. It is majestic, this place, and the short time that we have been here. Uh, sort of uh, transfixed on all the sights, the colours, the noise. We have a magnificent spot, it has to be said, for our hotel, right on the fringes of uh, Place du Capital, which is like a civic square. It's magnificent, just dripping with history, full of uh, restaurants, bars, cafes, and they were well adorned, fair to say, until late in the evening on a Wednesday night. And no, not with the swag of Rugby World Cup fans, just the locals. They're out in force. But any local you speak to, they are rather bullish about this Rugby World Cup and their team's chances. It's a quite a spectacular position. Not too far from uh, here, about 700-odd metres north. You can uh, wander up and see uh, the spectacular uh, Basilica. Uh, that is now a World Heritage Site, and not far from us. If you just uh, trickle off to the southeast, you can go across the, the Pont Neuf, one of the uh, glorious bridges down into the uh, Pereri de F uh, Filtre, uh, which is a, a massive national park um, in the city. And that is where the fan zone, the village, will be filled later tonight, French time, because France back in action. We welcome Uruguay to the party as uh, they will rip into action. We can't wait, Logan and I, to get on down, uh, experience uh, watching a Rugby World Cup game alongside the home fans. We'll take plenty of videos, so make sure you keep out an eye out on our social media accounts. Uh, we'll bring you just what it feels like, looks like, smells like, tastes like, but that is all still to come. Right now, the here and now here on Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. The All Blacks have announced their side to to take on Namibia in game number two of their Rugby World Cup 2023 campaign. And despite our chat yesterday with Justin Marshall, who certainly made a late lobby for New Zealand to roll out their strongest lineup, I think they've made nine changes to their side. So uh, uh, using their squads, of course, in Foster. Uh, spoke about this. We'll hear from Ian Foster. We'll hear from Adi Savia. If time, we'll hear from Cam Roygaard. We'll hear from Ollie Ritchie from News Hub. We've got a great show lined up for you today. And of course, our feature interview coming up at around 8.40 here in France or 6.40 back home. The one, the only, Mr. Andrew Mertens. A brilliant footballer in his own right. out now um, right across all the uh, commentary circuits. He's living in France at the moment, so he knows a lot about uh, not only the top 14, but uh, international as rug rugby as well as he's uh, providing expert analysis for the BBC. But this is Rugby World Cup today, and let's rip into how the All Blacks have viewed this game against Namibia. Let's uh, start off by hearing from the All Blacks coach, Ian Foster, who was asked, was he at all tempted to keep his top team together to show a little bit more consistency and allow them to build some combinations? Uh, no. No, we've, we've sort of had a plan about how we wanted to approach this. We've also had to um, adapt that plan, I guess, based on injuries um, and, and who's coming back. But, uh, no, we're, we're pretty satisfied that, you know, we obviously need to need to rebound from round one, but that's okay. We, we've just got a... It's a key game for us to, to get right and... So we've selected it accordingly. 
your thoughts welcome on the selection of this side. Double eight, double three, probably the best way to do that on the temper and bedpost text machine. Love to get your reaction. Do you understand the notion of of giving a wider uh, berth to the squads and some players so much need a game time? It seems a very much a preconceived idea, probably conjured up uh, some time ago. Your thoughts are welcome on double eight to double three. And if I was to ask you this question, who has the most to gain and to lose? Excuse the pun in this test match in Toulouse on Saturday morning New Zealand time. If it was me to lobby, um, Hurricanes bias and all considered. Yep, absolutely. Cam Royguard. Surely, surely he's got the most to gain. His path to the starting lineup might be most uh, obvious. What say you? Will they use this game to experiment at all uh, against one of the, the lesser sides in their group in the form of Namibia? I don't think so. I think it's there. We've had uh, we had a really tough start. I mean, the South African Test. Like I keep talking about it, but I think it was a in between a championship and a World Cup. I think we there were a lot of variables in that game that delivered that performance. So, and I think that, but we went into that France one, and I think there were enough signs that we 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 understand our game. I think we've got to do some more adaption to to conditions. That's one thing. I think that. Um, um, you know we, we still want to play and and but we've also you know we know that in, in those big games you've got to get some basic things right you've got to get your set piece right if you start to creak there or you're you, you misinterpret what the refs wanting and and, we, and you're not quick to adapt then that that generates pressure on a team and I think that was the, the uh, one of the big lessons or the learnings for us in that in that France game so we've got to get that right and so I've probably given you a pretty good clue about what's a big focus for us on Friday. Um, and that probably reflects in the selection of, you know, sticking with, you know, the four props largely that we use and, and we, we need to fix up some areas there. So, and I think once you get a couple of, they get consistency in those big rock parts of your game, I think the rest of the game is sitting there ready to go, but we've got to show that. Naughty me, here's my quest to grab uh, my uh, croissant. I may have hit the wrong clip there. That was Ian Foster talking about, uh, has his side lost their identity? Do they need to regain their identity after their uh, two reasonably heavy defeats, one especially to South Africa? Back to the experimentation with the fact they are taking on Namibia. I wouldn't use the word experiment. We certainly, we've got um, a couple of areas we want to really focus on and probably not going to, not going to share what they are just yet, but I mean, there's there's facets of our game. I think in, in pool play, you've got to make sure you grow your game, and, and at the same time, you've got to get your performance right, grow your game, and um, be forward looking. And so, there's things we've taken out of you know part of our plan is the last two or three games is the some areas that we actually feel we need we need to get a bit more of an edge in. So there's this this is the game a chance for us to do that. So. Yes, you overemphasize a couple of areas when you go into to the well. We will be this game, but it's important that we get the we get that, those focuses right. But at the same time, get the balance of of winning a game of rugby that we really want to go out and, and perform well and do. 
All Blacks coach Ian Foster looking at a number of issues there after announcing his second team for Rugby World Cup 2023. You are listening to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Let's hear from the match captain with no Sam Kane again, Adi Savir to lead the side. Uh, but there are plenty of leaders in this group, none other than Sam Whitelock, who will equal Richie McCaw's record for most test matches. Um, incredible as far as um, number of test matches. Wonderful uh, little personal milestone for him. Adi Savir gave us a little bit of a glimpse into a, how much Sam Whitelock means to this team. Yeah, he's been around <laughs> for a long time, <laughs> Sammy. Um, but something that I really um, admire and, and obviously look up to is the way he um, goes about his money. Obviously, everyone knows he's a He's a hard worker and he works hard, but for me, I think just seeing him being able to grow and, and adapt to, obviously he's been here since the likes of Richie and Rita and that um, in this team, and then you've got the younger generation coming through. And something that I've observed with Sammy is the way he's able to relate to everyone and try and understand other people and, and other cultures and, and whatnot. And that's something that kind of, for me, is I look at that and I'm like, yo, I got your back. Um, so uh, that's something that I really admire about Sammy. And for him to be able to do this milestone, uh, I know for him, he he will reflect on it after the game. But yeah, it's a huge honour for him and his family. Yeah, quite a number. 148 test matches. Quite amazing. Wishing him all the very best on that special day. Huge day for one Cam Roygaard for a variety of reasons. It's first ever test match start. Very young international career. Uh, I know he has quite the sort of burgeoning fan club wanting him to come into the 23-man squad for the big test matches. Well, he gets a chance to play alongside Damien McKenzie in the halves against uh, Namibia. Uh, Adi Savir of course is Roy Gard's uh, Hurricanes teammate and had a rather intriguing way of describing this young player. Yeah, he's a quiet assassin, that guy. Um, he's good. He's one of those guys that's really quiet, but deep down he's a competitor and he doesn't like losing. Um, so, you know, like, for example, like Nug was in the gym this week and he was pumping some... Um, good bench press weights and I see Cam in the corner of my eye just watching him. Hey, go to your weights. But um, no, he's, it's like I said, I said it before, I think in another interview, like it's awesome to see Cam um, where he is and I guess, and to see where he's come from and, and the journey he's kind of taken. And um, it's awesome that he gets the opportunity um, today. But yeah, he's a quiet man, but hope he's not quiet this week, um, but he, he really speaks for his actions. That is Artie Savier talking about Cam Roygaard prior to that uh, Sam Whitelock. It is time now to pivot and catch up with a man who's been following this uh, side in great detail, tailing them through London here into France and will continue to do so through Rugby World Cup 2023. None other than News Hub's uh, rugby reporter, lead rugby reporter, Mr. Ollie Ritchie. Let's hear from him about how well this team is placed. It's 14 minutes after 6pm. Here without question, the finest television reporter who's covered this <laughs> World Cup. That, that, that's without a doubt. Uh, I'm a bit nervy though. I'm in front of a, in front of a camera with mm. you, Ollie Ritchie. Yeah, How's yeah, my good, good luck. You're doing very well <laughs> so far. I'm liking it. Yeah. What, do I have to nod a lot? Yeah, nod a lot and keep yeah. the compliments coming. I'm liking that as well. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. 
This is the game I always felt a little bit sort of uh, perplexed how the All Blacks would go with the starting lineup. Mm. I think you can see positives on running out a full-strength side or going this approach. What say you? Yeah, I thought them after that French defeat, they might want to give mm. some of those senior figures uh, some more game time. Uh, you know, off the back of the South African defeat and the French defeat. Uh, they're going to rest this week. They're going to have a bye next week. So they're going to go into a must-win game against Italy, really, um, you know, with two defeats and a couple of weeks off. So I thought they might go uh, and give them another chance. They haven't done that. Foster's wanted to stick to the plan that they would have had probably at the start of this tournament. Um, and you can see some exciting changes in there for sure. Yeah. Where have they come up short in your eye over the last couple of weeks? That now, they're pretty heavy defeats by New Zealand's very proud history, aren't they, consecutively? Yeah, I think the pack's gone backwards in the last couple of weeks, and, you know, you don't have to be a genius to figure that out. Um, and Ian Foster's addressed that. The set piece hasn't been functioning well enough. They've lost a physical battle, um, you know, at the breakdown. The Springboks were very good there, and they got beaten to the punch there again by the French. So those will be a couple of areas they need to tidy up a lot. And I think this all-black team is best when they have ball in hand, when they have that sort of attacking licence in a way. And, and you'll see a lot of that, I expect, with Damien McKenzie this week so uh, certainly a few areas to tidy up for sure yeah I think Jason Ryan's sort of similar to Ian Foster very direct mm. not happy mm. and it and it's clear the four props who are back backing up a bit of light on them. The spotlight is on them. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and Ethan de Groot's probably copped it a little bit over the past few days in the wake of that that French defeat. Um, you know, he had his teammates leap to his defence, his coaches leap to, to his defence. We know he's a very good loose head prop. Well, he's and, been a monster in some uh, sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And we know he'll be a monster again, no doubt about it. And in a way, it's great that they're going to be given that opportunity to, to right those wrongs straight away. Um, you know, Tuanga Fassi and Laulala come into that front row two very seasoned campaigners, uh, get good punch at scrum time. So they'll be hoping they can make it immediate inroads there. But I think it's good to see, uh, you know, between the props that are starting and the props that are coming off the bench, that they will get an immediate chance to, to make up for those last couple of weeks. Ridiculous numbers, Sam. Uh, Whitelock is <laughs> racking up in this extraordinary career. And, of course, he wants to finish this World Cup, becoming the first man to win three Rugby World Cups. But you, you've seen him as a professional more than most. You know, how, how would you describe this, bloke? Yeah, just the ultimate professional. Uh, I was in my last year of high school. Uh, no, my second to last year of high school, actually, when he made his All Blacks debut. That tells you how long he's been around. Um, he, he's instrumental to this All Blacks pack. And, you know, for someone who's been around as long as he has, he keeps getting better and better. And, and people want to follow him into battle. He is so key to that line out. Um, he's a leader in this group, obviously. He's captained this team before. Uh, so to equal the great Richie McCaw on 148 tests is, is no mean feat. Um, you know, so he's got a lot in front of him still. You know, he won't be wanting to talk about that milestone for sure. He's got a lot to go in this World Cup, a lot of work to do. But, I mean, God, what, what more can you say about, about Sam Whitelock and then the work he's done uh, over the past, what has it been, 12 years or, or whatever it is, is just instrumental. I, I get confused with these games, how much an individual can improve their stock of getting selected for the big games. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but if you could highlight one or two, maybe got the most to gain? Yeah, I think they'll be wearing the numbers 9 and 10 this week. I, I'm, I'm a massive Cam Royguard fan. I love the point of difference he has. He's a bigger frame, um, so he, he's more aggressive around the ruck. He's got a great left foot on him. Really good box kick, really good running game. We saw that against South Africa uh, when he went, what, 50-odd metres to score that great try. So I think that the backup halfback spot is wide open for those big tests. I don't think Finlay Christie's taken the chances he's been given. Uh, and I'd like to see you know Cam Royguard really make a claim for that spot. I think he's got a golden opportunity to do that, along with Damien McKenzie 
McKenzie. I think they could use Damian McKenzie probably off the bench for those big games. I think he really can shift their point of attack. He's, you know, he, he runs sideways before he runs yeah. forward, which will do a lot of people's heads in. Um, but, you know, he can make that work for him. So I think he could be a real point of difference that they could utilize uh, off the bench in that last 20 minutes when teams are, are starting to fade, defenses are starting to fade, and, and players are slipping off tackles. You inject a guy like Damian McKenzie, uh, and he can change the game. So I think there's a massive opportunity mm. for those two. Yeah, the, the only shame about Cam Royguard um, is the fact they brought up counties betting Canterbury yeah. in the press conference. That's, I don't that's know. just kind of wrong, isn't it? I don't know why that had to yeah. come up. Um, I've had a few people send that to me today, <laughs> actually. Um, I don't know if we need to check that last <laughs> kick again because I'm not sure if it went through the post. Well, no, no, probably right. Canterbury's never lost a game. That's exactly Canterbury's right. Canterbury's actually never exactly lost right. a game. Exactly right. The refs have got it in for Canterbury. We've always known that. You've been around the All Blacks longer over the last couple of years than I. One thing I have detected from my previous sort of, um, you know, being around the camp, I'm not sure this, the confidence level is, is sky high. And that's understandable. The self-belief, there's just been a few comments about crowd mm -hmm. noise. We need a full deck of uh, cards, I think uh, Jason Ryan uh, said, uh, about the, the good health. Is that a fair assessment? Of, am I picking up on the right tone? I think, think so, yeah. I think so. And they, they're a different team when they'll have those those injured players back. You know, Shannon Frizzell has been one of their best this year and the, obviously lacking him. Brody Retallick just coming back uh, from that injury and, you know, Geordie Barrett obviously yet mm. to feature. So, you know, when they are back to full health, I think they'll be a different team. But essentially what you're asking this group to do now is win six games of rugby in a row if they're to win the World Cup. If you think about it like that, they have to win their last three pool matches, and then they have to win their three knockout matches. So you're asking them to go and win six games in a row. And I don't know if this All Blacks team is capable of doing that, especially given the calibre of opposition they're going to come up against. They were dented against uh, South Africa after that Twickenham test. You know, they were just blown off the park, essentially. Um, you know, and an another fail against... Uh, the French at, at Stade de France. Um, yeah, I, I think confidence is a little bit down, and, and I don't know they'll take too much out of Namibia. Um, you know, so it's a big ask from here on in, and they need to find performance. You know, they're going to beat Namibia, we know that, but they need to find real consistency and performance. That will help get their confidence back. Last one, more broadly, you know, looking outside of this environment, which, you know, you've been covering on a daily basis, you know, who do you like? Uh, amongst the other contenders who shone maybe in, in round one and mm. or do you don't buy into no, I, round one performances I, all I, that much? I do. I think there are three. I think France, you know, given the way they played that game, I think, you know, they were World Cup title contenders mm. before that game. They certainly are after it. South Africa again, you know, there wasn't much in it at halftime against Scotland and they, they never looked like losing. They just rolled over the top of them in the second half in that typical Springbok way. And also Ireland, and I know they only play Romania, but those three teams, I think, are, are, are a couple of streets ahead of, of the All Blacks and the rest of the chasing pack at the moment. So those would be my three um, that are the favourites to win it all. Ollie Ritchie from New South, their senior rugby reporter, live from Rugby World Cup 2023, who I spoke with uh, straight after the All Blacks uh, team naming a press session. What a uh, sight that was, as the horde, I call them the horde of New Zealand media, arrived together. They all took the train down from Lyon, the five-hour trip, all raced, had elbows flying, feet kicking as we all fought our way to try to get an Uber. And then we had to lug all our luggage into the press conference. The security guard's eyes nearly popped out of his head when he realised he's going to have to scan and actually check every single bag the New Zealand media had uh, brought over. Problem was, he didn't. He only checked mine. I don't know why. Do I look a little bit suspicious, Logan? He scanned all my bags too, if it makes you feel Well, you look better. very suspicious. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah.
uh, just a little bit. The strange of thing about that team is that Ollie's the most, yeah. and Liam Napier, probably the two most dodgiest people out of all of you. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, they got through well, Scott the top free. knot, as I call, call Liam Napier, who's come to France with two pairs of shorts. <laughs> They're barely hanging on. And one has ripped. <laughs> so he's down to one. It's like he's a university student in or <laughs> Or an otago. Have some self-respect, Liam. No Napier, one with a haircut man. like that, Daniel, has respect for themselves. Let's be honest. <laughs> He's a great tourist. Fine reporter. And, and, and I must admit, the New Zealand media have been so accommodating to us. We do appreciate that for sure. This is Rugby World Cup today, coming to you from Toulouse. What a special city this is. This is the heart and soul of rugby country. It really is. You wander around. Every shop seemingly has a photo of, you know, as Ollie painted. Uh, sorry, not Ollie. It was someone else I was speaking to. Um, so many shops will have a little photo of, of a famous rugby player they once met. They really, really get in behind. And when we get to Stadium uh, to Toulouse, uh, we're in for a right treat. And I think uh, for those uh, listening and also watching, we'll see a pure rugby ground, a tight rectangular stadium. What a crazy notion. What a crazy notion to, to play rugby in. Uh, it's almost enclosed, no roof, and provides an incredible atmosphere. And 35,000 people will be there. And people are scrambling in this city trying to get a ticket. It's 24 minutes after 6 o'clock. Rugby World Cup today, still to come. We'll have our breakout performance uh, of the day. We will also uh, give you our Rugby World Cup schedule. And all going well. And it's a tricky one because Andrew Merton's uh, now living out here. He's on the kitty run. He's on kitty drop-off, isn't he? So uh, fingers crossed that uh, French traffic plays its part. And uh, we all know that's a little bit dicey. We'll take a short break. Plenty more from France and Rugby World Cup 2023. This is Rugby World Cup Today. Brought to you by Kubota. Shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Guess I'm a It is half past six, almost time to head off to the news. Before we do that, let's get to our breakout performance for today. With Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat locally produced from Cowra in New South Wales. All right, um, let's pick over some of the games this weekend. Let's drill down and find this one, yes. Japan and Chile. Chile, welcome to the Rugby World Cup. And weren't they enjoyable to play, Mr. Brad? I know, I know you were you were quite the fan of the Enterprise and uh, the attacking rugby they brought to mm. the occasion. They went down heavily in the end, but uh, the Brave Blossom sort of kicked away very late on. It was actually quite tight and looked like it could go either way about, well, with about 20 minutes to go. But uh, one man with a, a small number on his back uh, you know, impressed you quite a bit. Yeah, look, great viewing time. I think it was 11 o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, Diego Escobar, the hooker. I said to Beave yesterday, he looked like a 22-year-old Dane Coles. We all remember how good Dane Coles was. He's still good now, but that sort of when he arrived onto the scene and he played like a loose forward <laughs> and, a, and a center all-in-one, uh, Diego Escobar was outstanding, tackled like a beast, made some barnstorming runs, and his line-out throwing was excellent, and I thought the Chilean scrum was pretty good too. So he's obviously a fairly talented rugby player. 
Yeah, absolutely. He was right up there on the, as far as the ch- uh, leading uh, ball carriers for Chile. Carried the ball 11 times, so he was really uh, prominent. But you're right about that. The dominant tackles he did made, he le- uh, led all comers in, in that. Uh, he was quite the, the firecracker, was Diego Escobar from uh, Chile. Great name, great country. I've had uh, the joy of uh, going to Chile in the Atacama Desert, which is just a wondrous part of the world. Uh, so I got a bit of a soft spot for them. I was a little bit nervous for them, but the way they played, really enterprising stuff. So uh, credit to, to them. And also Escobar, you are our breakout performance for today. Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat locally produced from Kara and only found at your local independent butcher. It is 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Rugby World Cup today coming to you live from Toulouse. It's time to head off to the news. Twenty-six minutes away from seven o'clock. My name is Daniel McCarty. This is Rugby World Cup today, coming to you live from Toulouse. We're right in the heart of the Capital area, uh, which is the heart and soul of culture and fine dining entertainment. If you're coming to Toulouse, I think you're going to absolutely love this city. There's a great vibe about it. It drips of history. The tight streets, all the buildings, um, you know, of Quite an era, quite a fantastic uh, sights in this city. Our coverage brought to you by Kubota Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. Double eight, double three. That is where you send your text messages to. Uh, someone writing in here. Is he the guy with the man bun? Question mark. Yeah, that's top knot. That's top knot. Liam Napier from the New Zealand Herald. He'll be delighted. He's getting lots of shout outs. He's getting uh, you know shown up having only one pair of shorts remaining at this tournament. He's here for the whole thing. Uh, Andy, Andy, I haven't is the answer. I'm desperately looking it up. Send me the link. Andy writes, Hi Daniel, did you get a chance to read Warren Gatlin's article about the poor state of international rugby? It's actually pretty good. I feel like he says what everyone is thinking in terms of the game being too unbalanced towards defensive sides. It's quite ironic as well that it was Gatlin who wrote it too. Do appreciate uh, that message from you, Andy. Uh, we got here from one from Craig who writes, uh, Who is Smith even on bench? Why is Clark on opposite wing? What is going on? Double question mark. I assume you mean why is Aaron Well, Aaron Smith's the best halfback in the country, right? They don't play another game for two weeks. He'll probably have a little bit of time off the bench. I, I don't think it's um, a heavy workload. And you know what? I want them to build some combinations too. Uh, while someone writes here... And it's quite a good one here, complaining about the scheduling of the tournament. That's quite a long text message. I might, um, uh, I might get back to that. It's re- really interesting thoughts. Um, but right now, let's uh, update you with our Rugby World Cup Today schedule, brought to you by Kubota, Shaping and Building Australia and New Zealand. Uh, the New Zealanders here in Toulouse have one last press conference. Uh, yes, I'm getting the nod from Logan, the pre-match press conference, which... Uh, will be conducted uh, later this afternoon here in Toulouse, and then it will be on to final captain's run for them, and then into the games themselves. Our coverage on Saturday morning starts from 6am. Join myself 
and Justin Marshall from Stadium to Toulouse. Can't wait to get to this venue. It's truly special. It's a real rugby ground with an amazing atmosphere. Some 35,000 people will be there. Uh, New Zealand up against Namibia kicking off at 7am. As far as other commentaries you can enjoy uh, over the weekend, Monday morning we've got a double dose of action. Huge game, massive game. So early in the tournament, Australia and Fiji, the flying Fijians, oh dear, they're fighting for their lives after that heartbreaking loss to us. I'm still not over that one. I'm not over that one. The more I watch the replays, the more I get frustrated. Anyway, I'll tell you the details. Australia, Fiji, 3.45 a.m. kickoff. Coverage from 3.30. Join Sam Hewitt, Steve Devine for the call. And then straight after uh, that game in St. Etienne, uh, the eyes of the rugby will be on Nice as England take on Japan. Scotty Stevenson and Ant Strawn will have all the action for you uh, this weekend here on SENZ. Uh, that was our Rugby World Cup 2020 schedule brought to you by Kubota shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. It's 22 minutes away from 7 o'clock. We will be back with more up after this. Rugby World Cup today. From Toulouse today our first day, first morning we arrived late yesterday beautiful city. Our coverage with Kubota together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Thanks for your texts. Keep them coming through. Double eight, double three. I'll try and get to uh, some more before we depart but we are getting to the business end of the show, the back end. Uh, Rugby World Cup commentator Ricky Swinnell here for World Rugby. Gee, she's got a full calendar. I think about 14 games. And guess what? I found her yesterday. Oh, I found swanning around. Uh, oh my god, that's such oh, a bad pun! I haven't heard that one for a while. No, you haven't. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Good, good, Mate, good. Pigging, pigging the proverbial. I mean, what, it's, what's not to like? Uh, not too hot today as well, because I'm not yeah. built for these uh, 30 plus degrees. So it's perfect. Blanet rugby folks thought I'd come along, say hello to a few of the Kiwis that I haven't seen for a while, um, and watch, yeah, talk some rugby. Has this uh, tournament already gone past like a blur? Yeah, it's um, it's been. Really, I feel like I've been in France for ages and what is it today? We're talking on Wednesday and we got here, I got here Tuesday morning last week and it feels like I've been here for about three or four weeks. Um, first weekend was insane. Monday was a massive decompression like I think everybody, I've got a crew like a massive crew, as I said, everybody kind of looked a little bit like zombies on uh, Monday. We were all like, whoa, that was a lot but um, but good, get, good to get going and now just not panic over the rest of everything else that's coming up. I, I know you told me 20 minutes ago, in typical me, I've I've only listened to half what you said. Yeah. I know you you what you commentated Japan Chile. What that was a fun so it's, game. Italy Namibia was yep. the opener, um, and then Japan Chile, which was it was yeah. super fun. I found it it was challenging, um, like because the two games I've done so far have been at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, so right. you're right into the brightness, the teeth of the day. Plus you're doing teams that you you know you've never done before, and you know a, a few players by sight. But um, it was a really fun game. The atmosphere was. Unbelievable! Japanese fans are everyone's yeah. favourite anyway, but the Chilean fans, obviously their first World Cup, they were just into it. But both sets of fans were so respectful of each other. They had the best time. The stadium here in Toulouse, where the All Blacks are going to play on Friday night, is legit wicked. Like, every time I go to a stadium in France, I think, oh, why haven't we got one like this in New Zealand? <laughs> you will go to stadiums in Toulouse on Friday night and go, this is exactly what we need. 
everywhere around the country. Well, how it's big is so it? cool. For those who uh, don't 35,000. Yeah. I've got it in my notes somewhere. 35,000. A perfect rectangle for rugby. It's enclosed but not roofed. Um, just, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah, the, the atmosphere at Stade de France, mm. ridiculous, oh, right? Yeah. A- incredible. But this is the heart and soul of yeah. French rugby, this city, isn't it? Yeah, they love their rugby down this yeah. part of the country. Like, we're at um, Blagnac at the moment, and so this is a little club ground here, but massive. Toulouse, been lucky to come here the last couple of years with sevens, and you'll see it around town. So Stade Toulousean, the, the local team, where Jerome Kano's been, Peter Arquette, you know, a whole lot of well-known names. Um, they, they've got fans shops in town, at the airport, um, every restaurant you go into there's probably a rugby ball or some old photo where the owner once played blah blah games. <laughs> it's it's crazy. I went to a day trip just to take some time out to um, Carcassonne yesterday. Again, there was I found this club, um, this clothes shop called Otago Rugby. No. So, because somebody licensed that Otago Rugby. Um, but yeah, like that, they, that, it is Heartland Rugby here, which is super cool for us. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Namibia, you, yep. you, you're one of the few who've been really out, been able <laughs> to look, it. like right I under the hood. You're, you're right under under the hood, you can give us a great yeah. perspective. Oh, look, they, you know, so they lost heft- heavily to Italy the other day, um, but they opened the scoring. They started that match really well. They've got a couple of very good players um, that have come sort of through more of the South African system. A few that have been playing in MLR in the States as mm-hmm. well, which I think you probably, it's a, a kind of a, a growth area for a team like Namibia, but and they've got a good coach, Alistair Kutsia, who used to be with the Springboks. But Matt Proudfoot's with And Matt Proudfoot with yeah. them, yeah, too. So, you know, that, but their resources compared to what we have, what the other big teams have, even what Italy have, is is minimal. Um, the the sacrifice those guys make, Alistair Kutsia was telling us, they've got guys that drive five, six hours to training every day across a pretty vast landscape. It's that It's that sort of stuff, yeah. yeah. And so, yes, you know, they've, they've, they've now 23 matches at, at Rugby World Cup and they haven't got a win. They're desperately wanting one this time, but... Sometimes it's not always in the winning, right? Again, for them to qualify to be here, to show... They, I think they've improved from what we saw again four years ago. Um, and a couple of really good quality players. There's some big boys in there. Yeah. Holy heck, there's some big fellas in there. But, you know, they, they're a team that are going to absolutely throw it, as any team does against the All Blacks, but they're going to throw everything at it um, and, and play with that kind of heart. And, and it's, it doesn't... You don't want to make it sound patronising because there's some quality in there. Um, but just the, the haves and the have-nots of rugby yeah. on display, I guess. I don't think yeah. it's patronising at all. No, it's, no. You know, when you, when you play that many games and you haven't won, it's, yeah, just, it's yeah. just matter of fact, isn't it? I did love, and you were in the same press conference as I, Adi Savi's eyes sort of lighting up when he was asked about the Namibian yeah. team. How do they play? They like to run they straight. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've got, I tell you, the, if the first fight, Tian Swanepoel, he has got a massive boot. Yeah. Um, I, he, he missed one from about 60-odd metres out against Italy the other day and completely benign. Like, oh, Actually, the, the air's quite heavy because it's been so hot and humid, but no wind whatsoever. So discipline, which was a factor for the All Blacks on, on Friday. Well, was it Friday? Whenever that game in Paris was. We've already lost track of that. Friday night. Um, yeah, because Swanepoel can, he'll, he'll, he'll boost it. He'll boom yeah. it. Um, a great captain in the middle, Daisal, their centre, who's just one of those guys that gives absolutely everything. We'll just keep running hard and straight. And yeah, like I said, some huge units up front. <laughs> I've got to ask you though, yep. has Stransky been a pain in the oh, ass after, no. after the, the opening results? No, he has been. <laughs> honestly, you, you know how, like, I mean, this is a man who broke my heart 
when yes. I was 14 years of yes. age, and now I'm working with, with him. Um, have you gone to the spot at Ellis Park and no, kicked the turf yeah, like yeah. I have? I've kicked him in the shins a couple of Honestly, I've, if I, I, I could not say... I'd be disingenuous if yeah. I said Joel Stransky is not one of the nicest blokes going. Only problem is, is he's a fitness freak, God. and I am not. So he went out for like 10K this morning. He was a bit miffed. He couldn't bring his bike. Um, it's, it's his bike's sitting there, sitting in Santetti, and he couldn't bring it over to Toulouse. So once he's reunited with that, I reckon he's going to be happy. But, um, yeah, what a, what a guy to, to have alongside. He's very And he's been very kind and fair so far. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Lastly, back to those yep. couple of individuals from Namibia. Yep. Who are they, you know, in light in the New Zealand Yeah, audience? yeah, have, I mean, have a look at their uh, their, their first five, Tian Swanapol. Yeah. You might have seen him around. He's, as I said, massive boot. The, the centre, um, Johan Daisel. Uh, he, he played four years ago, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's, yeah. He scored a try. He said yeah. this was his third World Cup. He scored a try against the All Blacks 2015. Um, I was trying to think who their forward pack was. I've obviously not seen their team as well. Not a good little winger on the scored a try. Their try against Italy. Um, Matun Geshwa mm-hmm. Matun is a nippy, um, small, low to the ground. Good, good finisher. I'm just trying to think through their forward pack from the other day. I've already. Well, it's hard to. Yeah, yeah. I've already sort of cast aside one. <laughs> so that, that feels like a lifetime ago. Um, uh, you know, good set piece. Good set piece. They were really solid up front. I think they lost one line. They've got a massive uh, chewy one. Even their, their lock is it's good two metres, 201. Yeah. So good target there as well. Um, and Van Yarsfeld, their, their hooker, is a guy who's got some good experience and, and pretty solid. So yeah, they're, they're not a bad side. I know you've got a massive few days. Go and enjoy it, <laughs> mate. Australia. Australia, Fiji. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm trying what to else? I'm trying to block Australia, Fiji. No, 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 no just Namibia. Namibia yeah, and All Blacks. Um, we've got a big, actually yeah. big week coming out. I think uh, Argentina, Samoa in a couple of weeks as well. Oh, so I've got some, some, some belters. But yeah, I'm I'm trying to conveniently forget about Australia, Fiji and everyone telling me, ooh, <laughs> that's a big game here. Thanks, Michael. Go special. Thanks, mate. Ricky Swinnell, uh, R- World Rugby commentator here for World Rugby, providing the international feed here. What a game that's going to be. Australia up against Fiji. She'll be in the hot seat. Right, let's wrap up the, this edition of Rugby World Cup today with Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Let's hear from the New Zealand halves. Number nine and number ten, Cam Roygaard. His first test start, of course. Cam Roygaard uh, agrees, when I put it to him, uh, with his uh, captain, Adi Savia, that he is indeed a quiet assassin. That's probably pretty accurate from Ards. Um, he probably knows me quite quite well um, now for bringing the canes and that. But um, I suppose I'm always trying to um, develop my game and we know how important communication is uh, on the field as a game driver. So um, trying to, I suppose, be loud when I need to be loud and um, using my voice um, is, I suppose, crucial um, in my positions. And then, I suppose trying to be myself uh, off the field, which probably is a little bit um, introverted but um, and a little bit quiet. But, uh, yeah, I suppose it's um, been pretty surreal, um, I suppose, since I did get named in the squad, um, hoping that this sort of moment would eventuate and um, for it to be just around the corner is pretty exciting. It's been a good week so far. Let's hear from Damien McKenzie, who spoke about how he and the number nine have gone about building a combination as they've not played a lot together. Yeah, you know, I've watched a lot of Cam obviously throughout the year, and, and know how how good he is and how how well he plays. And I guess it's really important throughout the week. You just make sure you um, get across all your detail and, and knowing what Cam wants from me and what I want from Cam. So yeah, so far we've had a good week. Um, obviously, still learning a few things, but this is a really exciting player and to play outside him. I just uh, give him some early comms, let him do his thing, and I said to Cam throughout the week, just trust what he does um, and we'll get behind him. So. 
um, you're looking forward to playing uh, outside of. It's obviously um, very exciting um, to, to get named for the first time in the World Cup and um, yeah, to, to get a lot play alongside some of these boys with the first game as well is, is pretty special. So um, you're yeah, really excited about the opportunity to play this weekend against the Namibia and um, be here in Toulouse. So you're yeah, excited to just rip it on Friday, can't wait. Damien McKenzie, prior to that, Cam Roygaard. Had a busy old show. Hope you've enjoyed it. My thanks to Brad and Jacob back in the studios in New Zealand. Logan, Logan Owl, executive producer here on the ground. I'm Daniel McCarty. Can't wait for the game to rip back into it. 7 a.m. tomorrow, it's France, Uruguay. Bring on the footy, I say, the second round of games within touching distance now. From Blues, it's a very good evening.